0: to ah oh, Carappa hellboy podcast the show dedicated to the half demon hero hosted by me Mark David Christianson
1: and me Kate Thompson yes, yes and we're in the midst
0: we're in the midst together of the wild hunt yeah <laughs> um i was looking at the details of when this was released right uh huh it was split the it was in Four, it was two four month increments. If you looked at the, did you see that? And yeah, I was December
1: lo- to March and then August to November.
0: Yeah, I definitely, It it's funny because this falls into that time frame that I've talked about in the past, particularly I think when we started the podcast of like moving to Los Angeles, which was the end of 2018, excuse me, not 2018 the end of 2008 into 2009. I officially moved cool. on like January 2nd of 2009. This is definitely a transition period where I did not have money, was like pitching the pennies more than ever, yeah. and was not going, didn't have a comic book still, store yet in LA. So a lot of these, I definitely fell behind on everything Hellboy. That's why I was oh, like, yeah. when, I, when I read this stuff, it eventually was because I got the library edition. But it, why I bring that up is I thought it was very interesting that like this was like four issues from December 2008 to March 2009 and then a huge gap. And then the next this what we're about to touch on was August. So it's if you it's were a regular reader, summer
1: break like of what the yeah. hell is going to happen. Yeah,
0: very. I mean, Who's I was
1: mean, in that I, castle.
0: Who is in that castle? <laughs> I have to wait till August to find out. Yeah, man. Very funny. I mean, that's not as bad as Saga, which has been on hiatus now for a couple of years. And I just want Saga. I want to see. Do they
1: have a schedule of like when they're going to release more? Or is I don't it not think even announced so. Yet?
0: I don't think it's announced. They hit their halfway point, which was a glorious halfway point, and then it went into hiatus. And I haven't heard anything from Brian K. Vaughn or Fiona I guess Staples. That's cool
1: that they're taking their time with it to make sure it doesn't like stink.
0: Yes, I agree with you on that. Um, I love it so much that I will. Be, I'm willing to wait, but I can't. Like, I think there's a part of me that's just like, wish it was here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm honestly starting to Google it right now while we talked because I was just curious. Like, I haven't checked, and it's like, when will Saga return? I bet our I bet our listeners are really wanting to know.
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah.
0: Let's see. Uh, the last post that was from January, what I'm seeing is January 22nd, 2021, says Saga writer Brian K. Vaughn confirms series will return soon.
1: I'm seeing not in 2021, though. Yeah. So soon is like a very, yeah, you know, broad, broad. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's been in hiatus since 2018. Yeah. So, which I think they said they have it plotted out that, like, it will be in, like, 54 issues and then another 54 issues. Nice. Which I like. I like them knowing where it's going. Yeah. So so that's my, uh, that's our saga update for this Hellboy podcast. <laughs> 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 I'm very excited for that. But well, yeah. we are in the midst of the wild hunt. um, And we are at that halfway. I mean, speaking, we they finished there at their halfway point. I'm going to now come up. Bring it back to this, we, the prior two episodes, we did the December 2008 to March 2009. Now we luckily don't have to wait as long, but we're entering into that final four issues of the storyline. So it's pretty cool that we're now on the the last stretch of the wild hunt. Yeah. How are you feeling? How are you feeling about it, Kate?
1: It's cool. There's like a lot of fun Irish folklore shit happening in these two. And... And like English folklore, obviously. For sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it seems very rooted in a lot of Irish stuff when the little I the little, yeah, at least the the little blood, I Google. <laughs> the Blood
1: Queen stuff, yeah, seems like like all of the like Maka, Bob, like Morrigan stuff of like this like I, I mean I Googled and all that shit was really cool. This like triple war goddess of Irish folklore. Like that shit's all really fun. Yeah. That the Blood Queen will reference. But anyway, yeah, that stuff's all really, like, that's great for me. All of the, like, Morgan Le Fay shit, that's, like, all stuff that I loved as a kid.
0: And Because it's all uh, Ar- Arthurian, like, yeah, legends stuff. Yeah, I just thought that was stuff. neat.
1: Yeah, like, Arthur yeah. and Merlin and all of that. I had, like, every little, like, illustrated Arthur legend stuff. And then, like, you know. Just did like my book reports on like <laughs> Morgan <laughs> Le Fay, like young adult novels and shit like that. So I was oh, like, I this love is that. Great. That's great. It's checking a lot of boxes for me. Uh, I
0: don't think I have to save hold on to this thought for you. Adding to what you're just saying of like checking your boxes. Yeah. It. Um. What I'm loving about it, and will it will become more apparent when we walk through the pages, is that a lot of things like. There's there's source material out there. Like, I would even... I'm going to use this as an example. Um, There was a storyline that Jonathan Hickman did for Marvel when, like, Doom became God and it became, like, this big fantasy, like, Game of Thrones world. I can't even remember the name of it right now. Like, Strange World or Weird World or whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah. It was... I think it was... Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. I read it. Not issue-wise. I waited until it was... I could just read it digitally, to be honest. But... A lot of that stuff seems like what's hip at the time, or sometimes when people go like, well, I want now my, my story to like delve into fantasy stuff in a bigger world, it will sort of start, it will deviate from what it was originally, right? Yeah. It. I don't have an example of that, but it will become something new, and you're like, okay, that's cool, but it doesn't really, it's not meshing that well. With you trying to put it now into another genre, Mignola is definitely Mastered. The, I don't know what how he did it, but like we we have entered in a bigger world. We've yeah. literally Hellboy. We watched Hellboy walk into a fantasy world that that we knew had already existed. Right. He's planted the seeds, which is one thing he did smart. He planted the seeds from the beginning. But and now, but he's sort of on a a, a Lord of the Rings esque fantasy esque you know j- like quest in some sense at least taking steps towards it. But Mignola's been able to not feel like we now just plucked his character and put him into another genre or, you know, something that's like, oh cool, but Hellboy, you know, I like you yeah, know, I like what you at did home
1: before. In this for sure. Yeah, like he's yeah. done this
0: great balance of going like, Yeah, this still feels like the Hellboy I've always loved. Yeah. We're just now opening up a this bigger world that we knew was there all along and He's, I just think that's a masterful thing that he's managed to pull off here.
1: Totally. Yeah.
0: Cause I, I, there's so many missteps that you could do to be like, cool, we're now in a fantasy world. That, uh, all right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's nothing about this that, like, you know, bumps me or anything like that. I think it's just, it's just cool. And it's fun to, like, incorporate your own character in, in this way, in the way that we'll see in these, these, Two issues coming up. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think I think there was a great question to be asked, and maybe it will be in the documentary. Maybe it will be in an interview that I haven't listened to, or so, or somebody can share with us. It's like I'm very curious. Like when Mignola was like, was it from his first iteration of Gruogak in the corpse? Did he create him in the corpse? And maybe we've talked about this, and maybe it's in a forward. I I might have been be mistaken, but. Did he, like, create him in the corpse and go, like, I have this bigger thing down the line for him? Or do you think he created it, like, put him aside, but knew he was, like, I don't know yet? Because he's mentioned, like, he's had characters. Like, the little character that we just last saw, Edmund or whatever. He does mention in the, like, in Afterward or Forward or in the sketchbook, one of those – he mentions how he like created that character, but just set him aside because he had no, he didn't know how to use him. Right. But then until he came to the wild hunt and then figured out, oh, this is where I can put him. I'm very curious with Grauguck specifically when he knew, like, oh, uh, now I, like, I know how to use him.
1: I wonder if, I mean, this is just purely me guessing. He does the corpse, it's like a huge fan hit like people love it. And at first like maybe he intended this character as like just a changeling, which is like primarily like I guess in folklore changelings just switch bodies with a child. Yeah. So I think I think maybe after the huge success of it, maybe he was like, "Oh, I can say that this character is like a little more than a changeling. He's a shapeshifter who's just in this diminished state right now." Yeah. Like I feel like You know, like maybe the initial intention wasn't to take him into this bigger story, but it's like, I'm sure in trying to wrap up this Hellboy story and like bring all these elements together, he's probably looking at like all of his stories, especially ones that are like fan hits to be like, can I bring this character back in a fun way?
0: Totally. You're right about that. There's always that.
1: I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm just totally guessing. I haven't heard him say anything along those lines, so... Yeah, for sure. I could be dead wrong. He could have been like, no, I knew he was going to come back and work for the Blood Queen and all that stuff. Because clearly he's like, like you said, like he's planting seeds of stuff for a long time.
0: Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. He's so self-deprecating in what we have read that he probably would not, like... He would not have like, he'd be like, would yeah, I'm just up to it. Or... Yeah. Or he'd be like, I'm glad, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. I'm, I'm lucky I made that character. And I had him somewhere do. <laughs> yeah. Which is always the delightful thing about Mike Mignola himself. Yeah. Is just being so self-deprecating and curmudgeon. I know. <laughs> but that's it. Those are my initial thoughts. As we walk into the second half of the wild hunt is just amazed about what is being accomplished in this.
1: Totally,
0: And it's, Yeah, and it's fun to be reading it along simultaneously with the other books because you're just like, there's so much going on in the world right now. Like, I would like (laughs) as a normal human, if you lived in this current time of this book, one, I'm like, yeah, I'm probably not. I'm not knowledgeable of this occurrence of the fantasy world of going on of the fairy world and all that. But I'm like, some shit has happened in Munich and the U.S. That I'm like, (laughs) I wonder what I think if I'm just a normal human. In the BPRD slash Hellboy universe.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they said, like, you know, Queen Mab was like, by the time mankind hears about this, it'll be over. Or they'll be being subjects of the Blood Queen, like, getting killed by her. (laughs) Yeah. So probably, like, nothing. You're just like... Picking up a bagel or whatever, and
0: like hanging out. I'm just hoping that if the Blood Queen succeeds, that I'm at Ground Zero and I just immediately get taken out by right, these very just a world. quick,
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't want to even be aware.
0: Just yeah, knock just... my ass out. <laughs> very cool. All right, well, those are my ranting thoughts, but uh, let's let's hand it over to you, Kate. Sure. And get get us into kick us off with Chapter Five.
1: Yeah, Chapter 5 like you said published in August of 2009, uh, written by Mike Mignola, illustrated by Duncan Ferguson, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley. Yeah, last time we were f- like Hellboy and Alice are starting to travel. They're, f- you know, they're following not Edmund <laughs> the little like gremlin <laughs> guy, and he leads them into a trap because Hellboy killed his like goddess Back in the '60s, and um, he's like, "You're a murderer," and he's, so he's trying to get revenge. Hellboy fights them off, and three little birds come to also help Hellboy is kind of escape this fate. But in the like kerfuffle, Alice is stabbed with a poison dart slash spear for these little guys that are attacking oh, no! Then the birds kind of help whisk her and Hellboy. Away to this castle by, like, having Hellboy close his eyes and open them, and he's in a new place. Like, some fun magic. Yeah. Yeah, and he gets to a giant castle surrounded by fire. He's like, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's very cool. And then we get to chapter five, which is opens on England, and the Blood Queen is just kind of like, like, Graugach's head is, like, fully in her lap, and she's just, like, kind of petting his head gently so he's like fully entranced by her you know
0: yeah and it's like she's really using his at this point it's like mining his depression almost
1: right she just knows that he's at his absolute lowest she's even said as much where she's like I want my subjects and my army to be this like beaten down bunch. Yeah. Because she's so evil and bad, she's not gonna, like, inspire anyone but, like, the most desperate, I guess.
0: Yeah, totally. Or she just, she knows, yeah, I agree. I mean, she definitely knows how to manipulate them so well. Yeah. And maneuver them for her own her own vengeful I am not even know if it's vengeful anymore. It's just...
1: She's just it's like madness. She's like, I mean, it's revealed in one of these two issues that she hears the call of the, you know, of the dragon, so, of, yeah. like, Ogre Jihad, so it's, like, okay, that's, you just want total destruction of the earth. You're, like, a cool, like, an another cool, like, sort of a, she's, like, a cool other sort of Rasputin figure who's doing this stuff, but, like, in the name of Ogre Jihad to bring about the end of the world, and it sort of, like, doesn't really matter to her that the world will... End. she's yeah. like gone mad. She's like
0: crazy, right? She's almost a better vessel for Ogdu Jahad because what we found out through Rasputin, he was his ego got in his way in a weird way of like he wanted to be a grander thing, right? Yeah. Regardless of even though the dragon's like, that's not the promise. <laughs> Like it's you're going down with everything else is really what that she's like, fine with me.
1: right she's like, I'm just going to make everyone bleed. It's going to be so cool. And Graugick's here, like kind of saying, like, I could serve you better if I got my powers back. And she's like, I'll give you your powers back. She's like, oh, not just to serve me, though. Right. To kill Hellboy. And he admits that like pretty readily. He's like, yeah. And she's like, OK, well, I have witches looking for him. And I promise I'll give you your powers back. When the time comes, okay? Then Hellboy will be yours. And she's just, like, kind of, like, petting him. And he's, like, drooling. He's just so, like, enthralled. And I guess you could kind of look at his backstory, too, and be like, maybe he's, like, a little in love with her on some level. or
0: It feels like that a bit.
1: Feels, you know, he's willing to do a lot for when he feels like he's in love. Oh, we also see her, like, fey people investigating the scene where Edmund brought hellboy and alice to ambush them yeah so they're kind of like on the trail but they don't really know where hellboy is then it cuts to hellboy at this castle again the these (laughs) like birds are telling him that the castle's been under siege by demons and this fire for 500 years there's a guy guarding the bridge they tell him you know yeah he's guarded the bridge for this 500 years and hellboy's like okay so you got you want me just to get rid of him and that's why i'm fucking here (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right, great. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna do it, but I'm not happy about it, kind of a thing.
0: I love that. Um, yeah, I really love too, the panel when after they tell him the siege of demons, I yeah. love that thin panel with all those little demons with their long, like, their long arms and big hands. Yeah. Like, I love they're just these tiny little dudes, just, just
1: fun, <laughs> like, little ape like kind of, you know, yeah. With their, like, gnashing little teeth. They're really fun.
0: Like, there's got to be a part of Hellboy that will see and he's like, fuck, I look like them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Damn. That's my cousin. Yeah, so Hellboy has to go fight this huge armored demon who has, like just sick ass armor it looks really cool
0: yeah I love the particular detail which I, I was looking in the sketchbook about this of I and mean, then this is off a design that uh, Mignola gave Duncan and of course he made his own but the one thing he loved the most which he kept of course is the the horns are coming from the eye sockets
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's such a cool detail it's gnarly yeah and you kind of don't like you, you can see that in the first panel but like you don't really see it up close for a little bit like Until Hellboy's like right up against him, and it's kind of spooky to like see the full, like the full close up reveal. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, Hellboy leaves Alice with the with the three bird ladies, and he starts running across the running across the bridge. The demon tells him go back. Screw that, pal. If you were smart, you just get the hell out of. Boom, and he gets clobbered by this demon's huge fucking hammer.
0: He gets so he gets hit so hard here that his his, his jacket
1: disintegrates. <laughs> yeah, it just it bursts off of him. I was like, "Holy shit." He goes through so many jackets. Yeah. <laughs> they never tell you how he gets it over that right hand of doom his jacket sleeve. Yeah. Oh, that one's elastic. That's
0: a short film I want somebody to make about how yeah. <laughs> uh, he has to deal with that.
1: <laughs> His fabric concerns. And you know, this guy is tough. He's formidable. He's just fucking knocking Hellboy around with this thing. Hellboy sees that Alice is dying though, and he like musters up the some a little bit of strength. The demon says that he's going to be guarding this bridge until I collect what's owed. None shall pass this way. So Hellboy's getting like a little info about like why he's there. Yeah. The guy, the demon throws Hellboy off of the bridge onto like a little outcropping of stone that's hanging right over this like moat of fire. And one of the demons there tells him that you'll never be able to beat him. He's too strong. You have to destroy his ring. Just remember me when you get your crown. So this little guy... Knows something. He knows something about Hellboy, and Hellboy. Hellboy's just like him? sure. Like he's just like yeah. <laughs> what were you saying? Oh,
0: sorry. I was just saying they know him. I love that yeah. they all like any demon he meets. It's like seeing a celebrity. Like what
1: oh, a fucking know yeah. You. Ooh. Hellboy <laughs> came to fight him. The little demon tells him, "I don't dare say his name, but he is a duke in hell and a knight commanding thirty-one legions of spirits. His authority is granted to him by kings and princes of hell, and a, the sign of that authority is the ring he wears on his right hand." <laughs> and it's, like, a ring with, like, a cool little fly in it.
0: Yeah, the odor of the fly, which is, like, a real... fuck I looked that up, and I'm like, yeah, that's like a, a real Beazzlebab thing, a kind
1: of shit, yeah. Yeah,
0: or, like, satanic worship well, they, demons.
1: Once they finally revealed this guy's name, that's another thing that appeared in the, like... You know, the, like, encyclopedia of demons and yeah, shit. Yeah, it's um, cool
0: that he's using all that stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he looks so cool. Like, he's adding, like, his own cool shit to it. Um, so, yeah, the d- little demon guy tells him to destroy the ring on this, you know, this demon duke's hand. And that'll make him be able to beat him. Hellboy goes up, gets close to the hand, crunches it with his right hand of doom, and the fly escape.
0: I really love his, like, his silly way to get to it is that he grabs onto the hammer Right. (laughs) Give me that. (laughs) Lifts him upside down so (gasps) he can get to the hand. So good. Yeah.
1: He's using some strategy here. (laughs) He smashes it. And then he picks up a huge chunk of the bridge and throws it right on the guy's head. Smashes it down into his head. As he's begging for mercy, which is crazy. Mercy. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then the three women and Hellboy uh, holding Alice run across the bridge, and they're like, "Hurry, hurry!" This male figure appears out of the darkness, uh with like a goblet, and gives it to Alice, saying she'll live. And he says, and he hears "good" over his shoulder, and he says, "Who?" and turns to look, and there's a woman like decked out in very like regal clothing, holding a candelabra with the uh, this this. Panel is crazy. She's whole she's yes. on a staircase, like descending a staircase, holding a candelabra with her like bird minions kind of flying all around. One of them says Morgan Le Fay. And then if you look above her, like you think for a moment it's just like some interesting sort of shadows, but it's the feet of hanged knights.
0: Ooh, what?
1: Real creepy. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um yeah, Morgan so that's Morgan Le Fay. She says, "Hellboy, welcome home." And then it cuts to The little like hedgehog guy addressing your Majesty, the Blood Queen. (laughs) Um, and there's like this little guy who is an ambassador from Udsvik, King of Jutland. Jutland, anyway, he's here. Like some another bunch of Fey people. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, my king couldn't make it. He said to give you this crown. It's really great." she's like, yeah, bring that closer, closer to me. And he's like terrified and crying. <laughs> yeah. And the ambassador like doesn't want to go closer, but she sees it. She's like, you made this. I did your majesty. Look at me. You know who I am. I do. Good. Now take this and break it into pieces or better yet, hammer it into a knife and murder your king. <laughs> murder? So she like tells him to do that. Yeah. To uh, cut out his heart and cast it into the furnace. So the fire burns red. Then take your tools and make me a helmet. I'm just going to read this whole thing because it's really cool. Please. And as she's talking, the lantern that's hanging in the tree that she's been sitting in front of gets like burns brighter and brighter and then explodes like the glass explodes everywhere and ignites the tree behind her. And there's like some really cool, super dramatic panels with the flames rising up. And she like stands for the first time in a while. She stands up and (laughs) says, uh, you know, make me a helmet. Make it of iron in the shape of three ravens joined together. And carve it into three name, and carve into it three names, Badba, Maka, and Morrigan. So now all will know me, not queen of witches, but goddess of war. So yeah, those were all Whoa. the names. I was like, I was like, oh, let me look all these up. And it's just like basically a, like a, sort of like a one god that has like one like Irish folklore like female war god. But there's, like, these three aspects to her. There, Sometimes she, like, appears as these three sisters. hmm But she's, like, unified into this one thing. Like, cool. one sort of, like, evil. Not, like, it's, evil necessarily, but, like, war.
0: It's like the trinity of war.
1: <laughs> like a really foreboding thing, yeah. And her, like, symbol is, like, the crow. And if, like, a crow showed up before a battle, it was going to be, like, this bloody, horrible war. I love yeah. it. It's, so, like, a lot of cool shit with those three names and with the crows and stuff like that. And also, just shows that she's like, I, you know, I don't want to rule anything. Don't give me a crown. I need a helmet because I'm trying to kill everyone.
0: Yeah, that's what I so love. So, go about make it. me
1: that. Why don't you go scuttle off and go make me that? She's like a real psycho. And that's the end of chapter five.
0: Uh, it's a great end of chapter five. Yeah. Um, do you have any favorite um, panels and moments for this chapter five? Because it's it's a great epic. It moves, which is cool because we have that great fight scene in the middle.
1: Yeah. I mean, that last panel was just really sick.
0: I'm a huge fan of just the progression of this, this little ambassador because I love that he won't look up at her. He clearly knows that if he looks at her, she can get control of him. Right. It's almost like he was... We don't see this, but it's almost like he was sent. But it's like, they're like, don't look her in the eyes. Just give it yeah. and get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> and she makes him come closer, and I love her... It's the first time that we haven't. Her eyes have not just been represented by just like a wash of red. Yeah. You See actual red, her red pupil, or her pupil, and then her red iris. Yeah. I believe that's right, and I just love that the her eyes and the, like popping out from darkness under her cloak, and then him just crying and saying "I do," and then he just can't. I love this idea that she he, like, just tells him what to do. Her at all, yeah. 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 Just such again, she's shown her power in just these ways where she doesn't have to make moves. She just controls people.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And
0: it's so scary and haunting, and I love it.
1: She's spooky as hell.
0: (laughs) And I I'm I'm a huge fan of the close-up on the uh on the demon on the bridge demon's hand. I think that is
1: Totally where the ring is revealed.
0: Yeah, I think that's such a cool I mean yeah. everything's cool leading up to that, but like I just think that the details It's a fun great. like
1: close up of the armor is so neat. Yeah.
0: I love that the the armor in the back said that they were trying to go for it like he's it's like skin of metal, not because if you look at the details, there's not like real like armor joints or like where they would connect or be tied on. It's just a full, like, body of metal. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it has these, like, exhaust holes almost. Like, he's, like, yeah. fire-powered inside.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's very cool.
0: I love the book ending of this one because we, we were with the the Blood Queen and Graugak, and it's very quiet. She's been so, like, it's a really, qu- it's interesting to start with a quiet moment with her and then just end on this resurgence of her madness. <laughs> yeah. I think that's very cool and just well crafted. Oh yeah, oh, I I'm, I'm just I know I I can't continually rail on the on the movie, but I'm just like, why did you not like tap into any of this for Mia Jovich to be part like? Because like Mia Jovich, if I don't remember right, and again I could be cor- corrected as we continue in the story, she just comes off like I want to be a queen, like I just want to be an evil queen. Come with me, and I'll have my. This is just straight yeah. up. I have no. Fucking no
1: intentions of keeping any, yeah.
0: I'm like, fuck Monarchy. She's like, fuck they Monarchy. they wanted
1: it to be like, they wanted her to be like kind of like siren, like temptress for Hellboy to be like, your, your destiny is to have a crown and roll over this like hell earth. do it with me. And it's like, so, you know, I think that's like a simplified movie version of shit like this. Yeah. I if they know. would have brought the nuance,
0: I just think Mia Jovich could have killed it. Totally. I just love that she's just this warrior. Like her choosing to be a goddess of war is just so different than someone that wants to sit on a throne in power. Yeah. This is somebody who's like, as we've already touched on, it's just destruction is all that's in my mind right now.
1: <laughs> I'm looking at this too. I want to, I'm looking at my Hellboy, my gigantic beer bottle from yeah for the Blood Queens. I was like, damn, that was so long ago that we drank that. Do they they still sell that? Do I would I have to go to the brewery or something? I think you
0: would have to go to the brewery if they had any left. Dang. You definitely I don't think can order it after they released that like special box set of them.
1: So that makes sense, yeah.
0: Um I'm very curious who this this older man is. I didn't I I don't know if it says it in like the outlines online. Do you know who this older figure is? Let me see if it says.
1: Oh, this other guy that holds the chalice.
0: Yeah, I okay, I don't. Know. I wonder who that is, or if there's a representation. I, I, I,
1: It just says in the like Wikipedia, in the like fandom, it says once inside, an old man gives Alice a cup of medicine. Hellboy turns to s- around to see the Lady of the Castle, Morgan Le Fay.
0: Yeah, it's just a dude. So that just lives... an
1: old man, maybe just some like. I mean, I'm sure he has some significance and is like, I'm sure like the look of him and like him giving, I, I, I don't know, maybe he's like some human servant of Morgan Le Fay, because as we mm-hmm. see in the next chapter, Morgan Le Fay is not as a bodacious babe as she appears in this uh End of chapter five. (laughs) So maybe it's just like, you know, like how there's like almost like a priest to her or something, like some kind of subject of hers that does her. If she's like, yeah, I need you to pick up a cup of medicine for me because I'm a skeleton.
0: (laughs) Please do this. You know. Yeah, totally. It makes total sense what you're saying. I'm just very (laughs) curious.
1: Makes 100% sense. (laughs) I just
0: think his panels are very interesting. Him just sitting like in... Darkness and a cut, some dust. Uh, uh, presumably like where he's moving his feet. Yeah, that's that's all we really get of him. And then just he's gone.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's very cool. I I have a question for you before we move but, on to this chapter six. You said you did book reports and you read a lot when you was a kid. What's What's the overall gist of Morgan Le Fay from like the actual her like Arthurian like folklore or things like that and her association with Arthur.
1: It's pretty close to what they talk about in this next okay. in this next thing. She's like, yeah, she just like has a really it has King Arthur's son, like that is all stuff that happens in like it, in the folklore books that I read. Mhm. It's like kind of it's like it kind of varies from like story to story of how like good she is, like what her intentions are. Sometimes she's this like antagonist or kind of like, but it's like sometimes she's good and sometimes she's bad. Sometimes Arthur treats her like shit and sometimes <laughs> she's evil. So that's why he has to like fight against her son and his son, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it kind of just varies on the book that you're reading. Cool. The ones that I read were like young adult fiction that where she was like the protagonist who is like a misunderstood good guy kind of. Right. Where she's just like, I'm a magical girl and I stuff bad stuff's happening to me. So as like an eighth grade girl, you're like, Yeah.
0: I get it. I'm a moral player. (laughs) (laughs) That's very so yeah. I mean,
1: that was a long time ago that I was reading that stuff. But it was like, you know, it all like basically checks out with what they're gonna talk about here. Except for like this like female line of bastards. I've never read that before, but I might just not be like Caught up on my Arthurian legends and shit.
0: Or it's something that Mike created for his yeah. world, which is yeah. definitely, I don't, th- also which a is. Total
1: possibility. Which shows like how, how seamlessly he incorporates his own stuff into these things where it's, you kind of, you're not even sure if it's like, oh, does that exist in folklore? Like where he had, like where Arthur's son had bastard children and like, does that check out or. <laughs> But that's what I like about it. Yeah, I don't have to
0: do I don't have to like you can get a kick out of looking up everything that he's referencing. And I think that will enrich your own like your own knowledge base. But he has he's really immersed us into his own world that like it doesn't matter. I just trust what he put down is like, well, this is what happened in this version in this world of Hellboy. Which I love because I'm like – I'll be honest. Like I'm not very versed on King Arthur. I know the basics of King Arthur and, you know, went after a whole – I mean I'll be honest. Most of my King Arthur comes from fucking Monty Python Um, (laughs) and I mean mean, I've never seen the movie Excalibur. I've never really watched anything. I didn't watch the Sam Neill Merlin TV show.
1: Dude, the Merlin TV show (laughs) was my jam. It was so fun. I loved that shit.
0: That's great. I mean, he's all fantasy, right? Like, King Arthur's not based—it's not like a thing where, like, there was an actual King Arthur and then just got, like, stories. He's, He's all fiction, correct? Am I wrong about that? I don't know. I've always been confused about that because I've never been into it enough to research it myself.
1: I mean, it's like a thing that's debated, I think. Hold on, let me Google oh, it. Oh,
0: really? Like, oh, like, because it's like... Debate you know, has
1: gone on for centuries. Historians have been unable to confirm that Arthur really existed. Though Arthur may have been a real person, his mythic power would only grow stronger as centuries passed. So think of like a Vlad Dracula kind of a guy. Like, you know, it's like maybe this guy existed, but then his legend outgrew him a ton.
0: Yeah, I mean... Here's a controversial thing. It sounds like it's just like Jesus. It's like this guy existed, yeah. said, Hey, come, there's a better way of life. We don't have to be beholden to these temples that charge you money. And then after his death, and because the state just killed him, then they blew the myth the myth grows. On. Yeah. So that makes sense.
1: This one thing is saying that he's likely there's like three people in history who it looks like like were combined in stories made into this one King Arthur figure. Oh, so like maybe some guys existed who did some of the actual shit that I, I don't know. I don't know a ton about this. But <laughs> I don't either. That's why I'm yeah.
0: being very transparent about that. Yeah. <laughs> um. I I'm I I'm reading Hellboy and I'm loving it and I love that he brings in King Arthur and all of this what we're about to really delve into. But I just t- I I I tend to just be like I'm gonna take it for what is offering me up yeah. and not worry about it if it's matching up with some other uh, mythology or source this I'm just going straight to what is offering me as the source
1: <laughs> yeah I mean it's like yeah I, I'll take his version of it for this story I might go back and look up some of this stuff just because it's like kind of been cool. reignited a little bit yeah so it's fun to look at
0: yeah I mean I I Again, have, I mean, I do think those legends are really cool and they're fun. And they're like, I think that stuff's quality. It's just good storytelling in the end. You know what I mean? Of yeah. adventures and things like that. I like it. I dig it. I think you should get back into I think you should become a big, you should start wearing the pen King dragon Arthur all the ben. time. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'll be honest, I didn't even know that. I didn't realize the pen dragon was like his symbol until I read this. I'm such a I'm dummy because I just never... I never, I know, I recognize the symbol when I see it, but didn't realize it was just like that was always his thing, which we'll touch on as, as well in here of where that came from. At least in this iteration, you yeah. can confirm if that was part of the real mythology. Oh or not. yeah, yeah,
1: it was like Uther Pendragon was his father and all the shit. I don't that like I know like a little teeny bit. Cool. I haven't watched all this shit in a long time or read anything about it in a long time, but it's so fun to be like, yay.
0: Yeah, totally. Knights
1: and dragons and Merlin, like, that's the coolest.
0: It's cool. <laughs> With that being said, let's get into this cool chapter six.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're still at Morgan Lefay's castle. Hellboy's kind of like asking, you know, asking her what the hell's going on. Who was that? Uh, She tells him, like, who was that on the bridge? Elegos. He was a duke in hell and a knight of the Order of the Fly. But after his defeat by you, I suspect he's been demoted. And he asks about what he said about collecting what's being owed. She says, payment for powers granted me by his master a long time ago. So I guess it's like the devil gave Morgan Le Fay her powers and uh, wants to collect on that. And she's like, no. And he's like, "Oh, so you were like being held prisoner?" She's like, "No, I could have left any time. Why didn't you? Because I'm waiting for you." So this is
0: such an yeah. interesting conversation to start this off with. Yeah, because it is. It's also it's being image wise on top of this conversation is we're getting closer on this to this castle with these trees, and then we see that the trees are full of knights that are hung either by someone else, but what I assume is themselves. It's very haunting. I don't
1: know. It's either them or Morgan Le Fay. It could be like knights who were, you know, I don't know. <laughs> no, but I think that loyal that's Loyal to someone else or like, or they did kill themselves to serve her later or something as this like dead army. I don't know.
0: I'm very curious why they're hanging. It's such a cool, interesting, haunting image. Yeah. Because if she's just spooky. sitting around, are they, I'm like, I'm only implying because I'm like, Is she like, yeah, you guys are going to guard me and then they just go mad over time and they're like, I can't do this anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm out.
0: I'm know. i tired of fighting demons for you. (laughs) They're hung
1: in such a way where they're like almost like so evenly spaced like Christmas ornaments. Like it doesn't seem like a natural kind of a way for someone to like crawl out onto this limb and hang themselves from this far off limb. For sure. So maybe something that, She did. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So she's like, she's continuing to talk to Hellboy. She's going to lay out a lot on him on this issue. He says, when you first got here, you said, welcome home. She says, perhaps you prefer the house where you were born. And there's just a panel of like, with like red, like blood red and like bloody hooks.
0: Whoa. Which we've never, the closest thing we've seen of this is when, the hellboy said the vision of his mother being taken yeah and that's and so it's implying there's something to do like that sort of energy with his his birth or something it's very
1: yeah ooh. it's bad bad news and then she says no i thought not she offers him wine and he declines which is you know
0: which is interesting because we've seen him yeah he's he's acknowledging his problems <laughs> um, but it's.
1: She's like, no, I better stay sober for whatever I'm about to hear. Yeah. Plus, like, you know, if a some kind of like folklore creature offers you food or drink, you might want to hesitate on that on saying yes to that.
0: Yeah, you've already been led to a trap once.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he says no. He's like, she asks if he knows who she is. He's like, I sort of remember you from stories, and you're the. You know, you're King Arthur's half-sister and the mother of his son, Mordred. Alice chimes in. He tried to steal his father's kingdom. Morgan Le Fay says that they met in battle and killed each other. And it was believed that the Arthurian line ended there, but Mordred had three bastard children. Three bastard sons, I should say. And the sons were all killed, but there was a daughter. And that daughter had a daughter and she had a daughter and so on. So the name was lost, but...
0: I love that Morgan pulls out a little, like, black book, a little book of names.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's been keeping track. Mm -hmm. It's, like, her bloodline and stuff. So she's like, yeah, the Arthurian name died out, but the bloodline still exists for these women. uh, The last of which is your mother, Hellboy. So you are a descendant of King Arthur. Uh okay. <laughs>
0: <And> <laughs> Which is huge to drop here, not even fully yeah. say it, but just it's like we all we all know what this means. <laughs>
1: right. It's so funny. Um yeah, so and she married the demon. She was like a witch who married as Az- a uh, Aziel.
0: we finally, that's his, I think that's the first time we've heard Hellboy's father's name, Aziel.
1: At least that I remember. Yeah, Yeah, that I
0: can remember. I think this is the first time we've actually heard it. Yeah. I could Uh, be wrong, but that's why it feels like it. Because it feels like the panel is getting, I'm assuming this is his mother- on all fours, saying Yeah, like his calling name down to
1: yeah, who was like taking her to these witch meetups in the form of a goat.
0: Witch meetups.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> sounds like sounds like an app. <laughs> witch meetup.
1: I met somebody on a witch meetup.
0: <laughs> going to a.
1: Going to a fucking coven meeting.
0: Going to a, a coven tonight. Maybe maybe they'll be the maybe they'll be end up being my coven. But it's you know ever since I got witch meetup, I you know I've been checking out a bunch of covens. <laughs>
1: I got a lot of options now. <laughs> yeah, and so she she married that demon and these you know another nun and a priest tried to like see which her I soul.
0: believe are, were her children as well. If I yeah. if I remember that correctly, those are her yeah. children as well and they get fucking burnt they up.
1: Get decimated, yeah, prayed <laughs> over. By your name save me, by your might defend my cause. They get fucking totally engulfed in flame. So, yeah, she's like, yeah, you're the first male descendant of Mordred, son of Arthur, rightful king of Britain. So that gives you, sheds a little light on what the fuck the Osiris Club was talking about in the first issue. Yeah. It's like, the devil will never sit on the throne of England and all that stuff.
0: I love that they repeat the quote from uh, Queen Mabe here, which is in again an interesting thing that this quote is over his oh holy, oh, holy crap, but then also a panel of all these dead knights in the trees.
1: I think Alice says holy crap.
0: Oh, I, yeah, you, th- it could be, yeah, he doesn't even say anything, he's I think just quiet. He's, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think she says it. You, t-
0: yeah, that's great. It gives him, like, it's you're probably, yeah, I think you're right. And it gives more weight to the moment if we don't even hear anything from Hellboy. Yeah. And then I love the quote, you are your father's son, but you also had a mother. Either way, you are bound to wear a crown. It's like, yeah. oh, now it's coming. Everything's coming yeah. together. Like, what you meant? <laughs> he's like, all. it's interesting that he's this whole time been pushing off one crown. It's like, well, fuck another one. It's just like, why can't I not have any responsibility?
1: Right. It's like, I just want to hang out and like, Punch vampires every now and then. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, yeah, I still don't believe me. I'll show you. So she leads him down to these like lower chambers of the house. There's still like the cavernous kind of ceiling is still filled with twisted, gnarled limbs with dead guys hanging, from, you know, dead knights Wild, hanging from yeah. this Wild, crazy.
0: Just to live among this.
1: <laughs> right. Like, come on. And then she tells a story about Merlin as a kid who, like, King Fortigrid's tower. They were trying to build this tower. It kept falling down every night. Merlin comes as a child, and he tells them two dragons are fighting underneath it, and it'll never stand while the dragons are fighting. The knights went down and found that that was true. Merlin said the red dragon was Britain. The white won the uh, the Saxons. He prophesied that white would conquer the red, but that one day Arthur would come and set things right again, and he did. And to the end of his days, Arthur's banner was always a red dragon. There we go. Yeah. And then she leads Alice to a chamber and is like, okay, you got to hang out here. I have to show Hellboy some stuff that only he can see. And at first, Hellboy's like, no, no. And Alice's like, no, you have to go. Like, I'll be okay. And Morgan Le Fay calls Hellboy. There's this cool, looks like a carving or a painting here, but this... Like, image of King Arthur that they're walk like, over the door that they're walking into. Yeah. It's from, a, from the Nine Heroes Tapestries. Whoa. Like, if you Google that, it looks exactly like this. Uh, so, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that is, it's a very cool, and it's just such a, it feels, before we walk in and we realize what's there, yeah. it's just, it gives that presence of, like, we're going into holy ground. Something is... Yeah. Extra special about this. We're, like,
1: literally entering this Arthurian legend now.
0: (laughs) That's a great way to put it. Like, this
1: is, yeah, it's, (laughs) we're walking through this King Arthur door.
0: We're going into King Arthur's crotch here, and this is where, and, you know, you're his seed, so you get it.
1: Yeah. As they walk through this, like, dark, gloomy door into, like, a beautiful spring English countryside uh, where the sword Excalibur is. At the, like, edge of this small pond stuck in a stone.
0: What I love about this stone is it's, like, floating in the, this water. It yeah, do, it it's, do, like,
1: well, it's, like, emerging from the water, right? It's, like...
0: But, look, the you can foundations see...
1: foundations of it are underneath, right?
0: I feel like if you look close to... It's as if the rock is not even touching the bottom. It's just floating the stone. is
1: Yeah. And I think I that's a cool read one. that as the reflection, but y- you could be right.
0: Oh, no, that's cool. Because it's I, not
1: exactly the same shape. You're probably
0: 100% before. wrong and I should shut up.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I think, I mean, I think you could be right too because it's, it's not the exact same shape, but it's also like the pond is slightly moving. Right. It's By the ripple. looks of it, yeah. But she is saying, you know, she's like, "Hellboy, you, you know, you've always felt more natural holding a sword than a gun. You feel it. Draw out that sword, and your army will come. What army?" And then it cuts to the knights that are hanging from the bows throughout the Whoa. castle. So, yeah, I guess all those guys will, <laughs> will
0: come back, rise
1: up, and come back. And she tells him, "You died and live again. So the noble dead of Britain will come again to follow their king. The elves who." Once would have fought this war, are gone now, or turned to her side. It will be settled on distant fields, and men will never know of it unless you fail. So, yeah, she's like, uh, You gotta go fucking do this shit, or it's gonna, mankind's gonna die. And he asks, like, who is this blood queen? What's her deal? Morgan Le Fay tells him, Nimue, sometimes called Vivian, who charmed Merlin and stole his secrets, used them against him and entombed him alive, which is touched on in the movie for...
0: For <laughs> we meet, real brief and fast. For like a
1: second, yeah. <laughs> she gained great powers to hear and understand the voices of all things in the earth and the spirits in the air, but one voice she heard louder than the others, the dragon. Whoa. So, yeah. And not, not like... Pendragon, she's continuing to explain, but Ogdru-Jihad.
0: Yeah, it's a really cool panel of her, like, in a weird way. She's she's planted in Earth, but then whatever cosmic powers are like, she's yeah. in two places at once. She's like, ogdru Jahad is literally, like, right above her. It's really cool. Yeah, it cool. seems to
1: be hovering right above her, yeah. I love it. Yeah, and she went nuts, and the other witches chopped her up into bits, but the bits kept coming back together, and uh, now she's free and whole again, and still crazy as hell.
0: I love go- going back though. Like I love that the other witches. Is, this is another thing that I love about this is like they all the pieces kept crawling back together, and I love that it just is represented by that one panel of like a cut arm, like yeah, crawling across traveling the forest, <laughs> like
1: thing from the Adams family.
0: And again, like I'm I'm gonna harp on that damn movie. Far more cool that they were like, fuck, we can't keep these parts separate. Let's just. Stick them all in one box. Yeah, we'll
1: house them together. <laughs>
0: Which is like, in the movie, it was like, we'll separate them. And then they'll all come back together. And it's just like,
1: yeah, this is this
0: source material. Once again, cooler.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too.
0: <laughs> I just I came in and started <laughs> snickering at me. And I meanly told That's her to go. I am so couple. impressed by your cool <laughs> opinion of, I that. <laughs> But continue, Kate. This is a wonderful <laughs> backstory for Nemu. I love it.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, she's still bonkers, and she's just going to want a war where is there's nothing but blood. She's just going to leave nothing but blood. And as she's saying that, Hellboy has a flashback to his fight against the giants where he was, like, brutalizing them, and we hear, like, blood, more blood, nothing but blood, and he's, like, chopping off limbs and growing his horns back, and his crown, his, like, hellish cl- crown is appearing above his head. And then it cuts back for a moment to Excalibur with these petals falling around it, this like more peaceful seeming path. Yeah. And then back to Hellboy at the end of his fight against the giants with Morgan LeFay's narration over it. For in the end, the moon will be as blood, and the seas boil, and the land burn. And then we're getting like just full blown, like. biblical passages
0: yeah and the biblical passage begins over hellboy like in what i think is now like a vision forward to the potential of him as you know a new Rama, like full form
1: yeah if he was to like take up the yeah the the crown of like leading these fey people to just completely destroying the world so he looks extra demonic like there's the one shot of him above that where he doesn't have the crown but he's crouched over the bodies of these giants with his big, like, metal sword shard. Yeah, and the very next one is, like, it's like he's he feels himself being pulled towards this potentially. Like, he's in danger of, of this still happening. Yeah. He holds this, like, big demonic sword in this image and ha- seems to have, like, almost, like, metal or, like, Some, you know, it's like incorporated into his skin, but it seems like armor on his torso and and left arm.
0: Yeah, his arm looks like the Winter Soldier's arm. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh man, you became even more badass by embracing this evil.
1: Yeah, so like no remnant of his human clothing or anything like that anymore.
0: And I've seen, like, similar to the chains that we've seen his father use on his mother in the past and the ones that we got a quick flash of.
1: Yeah, he's got the chains on his, uh, like, I don't know, whatever cloth that he has wrapped around his waist. And just the fucking (laughs) chopped up remains. And that, like, version of him screams and, like, fire comes out, basically. Or, like, opens his mouth and fire comes out. And the biblical passage continues where, you know, talking of, it spoke of great signs. Even making fire come down from heaven to the earth in the sight of it, uh, in the sight of it deceives those who dwell on earth, bidding them take the sword, your army will come, and you'll save your people. Which is from Revelation 13, chapters 11, or you know, 13, whatever. Chapter 13, verse 11 to 14. Yeah, I
0: think it's verse, works. yeah. Never read it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean i've read like a bunch of it for school
0: <laughs> you know i was in rooms where they were reading it like at seminary but i was never listening
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> fully tuned out the whole time <laughs> yeah so he's that's kind of like that sort of like passage is being narrated over panels of him still like kind of catching himself while he's still on the body of this giant Screaming, no, what the hell, what do I, no, oh, and he, like, rips off his horns. So he's still defying that path. Yeah, you know? for sure. Even though it seems like for a moment he kind of succumbed to it and fought these giants for no reason other than for pure destruction Yeah. and to shed blood, he, like, snapped out of it and was like, no, that's not what I choose to do. I've ripped my horns off and continue to make the choice that I have been, which is to, like, yeah, just defy complete destruction and try to, like, stand up for humanity. hmm And I like that in the previous issue, too, like, he keeps denying that he's an Englishman, you know, and he's like, I'm American. I'm American. Yeah. Like, he says it twice. So he's, like, has this, like, chosen self. He has this version of himself that he prefers and wants to, you know, wants to continued to live in that way like he was american he was raised by an american guy or uh, broom's english actually isn't he
0: yeah broom is english ellipse english.
1: <laughs> anyway but, he, but i mean he was, but he was in, raised he, but in he was, america yeah he
0: was in a, raised on yeah. an american military camp his yeah. his culture is more american than it is english it's a mix yeah. but it's definitely his his his, his environment is american yeah. And I mean he he is BPRD is stationed
1: in the US. Yeah.
0: His friends are he was raised. He's like
1: culturally American. <laughs> yes. So he's like denying that he's even English. And now it's like, okay, you're a descendant of King Arthur, so you're basically as fucking English as you could get. <laughs> so yeah, when it cuts back away from the that fight away from him ripping his horns off, he's back in this like sort of like glen that he was in And before it was, like, this beautiful spring day, and now it's dark, uh, and Morgan Le Fay appears, still, like, fully clothed in all her regalia, but, like, she looks like the fucking Crypt Keeper now. Like, she has, you know, she's a corpse. I would
0: say the Crypt Keeper looks better than her.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's looking bad. Her, you know, she's a corpse with, like, sunken eyes and... And rotted off nose and lips receding to show these yellowed teeth. But Hellboy's still talking to her. You know, it's not his first time talking to a corpse. Yeah. And he's like, "Okay, what do you care? What happens to the world anymore? What's in it for you?" She says, "My sh- my son should have been king." And it shows a shot of like, or a panel of like a carving of Mordred. You assume.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would assume as well.
1: Yeah, my son should have been king. You will be. And then Hellboy just slumped over on this like kind of stone seat with Excalibur in the foreground and Morgan Le Fay is like walked away, leaving him there to make his decision. Yeah. And that's the end of that chapter.
0: What a great place to put him and where we've gone because I feel like so bad for him. I mean, definitely Mignol and Duncan with this, his posture at the end of this is very, yeah. It it guides me there, but it's interesting that this whole time that up until leading through Wild Hunt, it's his him denying like, hey, I don't want to be this this thing that's a harbiter of destruction, yeah, in violence and end. And of course, he's it's his internal part of him of that line that he's writing has shown up, of course, and displayed itself, and we've seen that with especially with particularly when this story the the, the giants. But it's interesting to be put in a corner that's not, hey, become this destroyer or just go live a normal life like a human. Yeah. Now he's been told, hey, you got two choices. Here's your choices. Either you raise up a sword that destroys everything, or you got to go also raise up another sword and fight against another evil thing. Yeah. None of it's peaceful. None. Right. He does not no longer gets a choice of like, hey, just fucking live out a normal life like yeah. a human. It's
1: you can still make a choice, but it's, like, two bad choices.
0: Yeah. He doesn't get off at all. It's yeah. just, like, man, I feel bad for you, dude.
1: <laughs> it's that same. I mean, we. I feel like we talked about this a long time ago. But there's this little book about, like, writing TV pilots that talks about, like, why Buffy the Vampire Slayer is such a good character because she has this conflict of wanting, I want to be a normal teenager, but I'm destined to be the chosen one to fight vampires. This is a very similar thing for Hellboy, where it's like, that conflict will always be, like, until this character dies forever, mm-hmm. dies in a permanent way. <laughs> Same with Buffy. Buffy died and came back. Anyway. Spoiler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Like, that shit came out in, like, yeah,
0: I agree. 30 New years cares. ago,
1: 20 years ago. But yeah, it's like, um, just an eternal inter- kind of a thing. Like, it's it, you could refresh this forever, because Hellboy will always want something that, he can't totally have, and then he'll have to fight against for his like want to be real. And if he ever gets that thing, then the story's kind of over.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree. And I think that's where Mignola made this such a complex and character
1: Yeah.
0: to, and then we're seeing, which we've already talked about as well, but it's still in here is that him, him having two Nate, two sides of him, which is the demon and the human. (laughs) You can't, you can't have both. You can't have both good of both sides because if he he's, he has sided with the humans for several years, but now that's also come home to to wreak havoc and get these. Now these creatures are like, hey, you've gone against us, even though you're one of us. Now we all want revenge on you. We don't, we don't welcome you here now anymore. And then yeah. humans, what we're seeing, which is also playing out in the BPRD, is like that side's now gonna. It's like if. For the first time, which we've which I found interesting is that he was welcomed, right? He walked among men, he was put on the cover of Time magazine
1: right,
0: but now you could say that this destruction is now making its way and destroying cities. If he, even if he came back and tries to save the day in the human world, will he actually be welcomed
1: right after all of like the destruction that's sort of you know not directly caused by him but
0: but he's rooted in it, yeah so. It's we're getting now that where he's just like hey, you're you're part of this world you no know, as you've man, already stated
1: mankind will never know of the you know if he does fight for them they'll never know
0: yeah they will never yeah. know so it's what what weight on his shoulders that he never yeah. which was only ver- I mean I'm curious I mean I guess this is 2009 I think at this point in the storyline but like yeah he got introduced to this in the year of 93. <laughs> Yeah, it just pushed away, and now it's still just—it's not going away, buddy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> gotta face this
0: shit. Any favorites? Because I think this—this this one, particularly in Wild Hunt—has I've loved everything leading up to this, and there's great. But this issue very much is just awakening things I absolutely love that have, which we just already spoke about, but have always been on the fringes of him, but now coming to the foreground and awakening in him having, as you said, have to face it. Has, makes this one probably possibly one of my favorite issues.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There's just like some answers. Yeah, you know about like his origin and stuff like that. Favorite panels. I, I really like when she's leading them down through these like kind of like dungeony sort of tunnel parts of the castle. Uh-huh. How her the light from her candelabra is like trail trailing behind it. Yeah. I thought that was cool. I
0: think mean, that's very cool. I agree.
1: Yeah, the hanging bodies are really fucking spooky. Yikes. Probably that probably that candle stuff is probably my favorite. But there's so much there's so much beautiful stuff to look at. And like Figreto is just really good. He's he's like Mignola and he like in his like plotting out of the whole page, the composition of the page flowing and having like good pacing and stuff like that. Yeah. There's a lot to like about it. But probably that probably stuck in my mind the most. Being
0: like oh cool yeah I'm with you there those are great I love the I love the I really love the panel of Nim Yu the blood queen before she the blood queen was in the goddess of war she's Nim Yu in front of with Agdru Jahad I think that's a great panel
1: yeah
0: it just showing, just showing us in one quick panel her beginnings of just like oh you truly are mad and it's because you're tapped into this source of evil that we know exists yeah And I I just love the power, like, we'll probably get more of this. I love that, which we were sort of making jokes about him having the Winter Soldier's arm. But Duncan Fregredo and, and Dave Stewart really show us, like, not only, like, yeah, we're seeing him with full horns and the crown and, like, these little, like, etchings in his skin, but I love this power pose that he has because I don't feel we ever have seen Hellboy ever show this this amount of ego before. Right. It's almost that. It's like he is showing such He doesn't bravado. even have this
1: good posture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? he, he he's he, really slumped over.
0: He's more self aware of his, his his of his even his size and yeah. his lumberness and like how he stands out. And this is showing him in a, in a in a state of like, I'm fucking here and nobody can question anything. And it's like, that to me is also him. That's a side of him that you're like, I understand why you'd be scared of that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's just a pose and the differences. And I love that.
1: Yeah. It's awesome. Oh,
0: it's everything that it's just everything that we love about. Hellboy and his struggle put into these two simple panels of his with poses him crouching, and then him up and fully just chest out and fucking, God, it's like toxic. It's literally toxic masculinity. It could be the ultimate version of it. <laughs> <laughs> look at me, you fuckers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now that sounds more like the movie where he's like.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, they would. Crush
1: it <laughs> a beer can or some shit.
0: Unfortunately, the know. movie would be like, look at this and be like, look how fucking cool it
1: is. Yeah.
0: Versus like, this is. Again, I continually love how Mignola has been able to do that and show that that this power is a harmful thing it's not a cool a cool thing yeah and i i yeah. I just kudos to him for doing that you know the strength to to go through all that bravado and then end with Hellboy in such a sad place of such weight on his shoulders is just again every issue of wild hunt just keeps renewing how much I love where Mike Mignola has grown to become such a great storyteller. You already oh, yeah. was, you already was a good one, but this is just showing a a great achievement of where he, how far he's come.
1: Yeah. So I love it. I agree. It's I'm, so cool.
0: I'm loving this stuff. I, you know, it's again, wish we would just continue with these pages, but we're not doing that until next week. <laughs> so, oh, any other additional thoughts that you have with where we are and Continuing just got to th- go
1: read some King Arthur shit.
0: I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> that would be the place to go is now is just read up on your King Arthur.
1: Yeah. <laughs> go watch the Merlin TV series from, like, when was that? Like 1998 or something?
0: Yeah. There you go. I mean, I mean, definitely, like, early CG TV CGI in that, in that show. Sam Neill. Before I get to two suggestions that I thought of while reading this with you, Kate, okay. I wanted to point this little detail out that I think is very interesting, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. And anybody out there that's listening could share as well. I find it interesting that people familiar with to to Hellboy, when they write out Hellboy, and for the most part, they it's just Hellboy. It's all one word, right? Yeah. The way it's written, but if you notice that when Greogak speaks his name, there's a dash, and I wonder yeah. what that means. He's like Hellboy. Like, what is the dash? What? Is, I'm very curious what they're going for there. It feels like they're giving him a little more like, of course he's very vengeful. He's very spiteful, but I wonder if I I, I have no uh, question. I'm not versed when it comes to language. You've heard me speak on here for, I definitely am not that versed. And but I'm learning. Do you have any thoughts on why when Graugach speaks it, there is
1: a dash. It just sounds to me like when I'm reading it, it sounds like it's like stunted. Like he's, Almost saying it hard to say it, not even that it's like hard to say, but that he's like not accepting his, that as like, like he, when Grogak says it in his mind, it's like less of a name as like One Piece and more of a description of the guy, like uh, he's a hell boy almost.
0: Yeah, he's kind of Which being, he's kind of being, uh, <laughs> what's the word? Uh, he's sort of being, um, not condescending, what's the word? Um. It starts with a P, the word he's being like
1: pretentious, not pretentious.
0: Or... He's being uh, like when you say something nice to somebody in a sarcastic way, it's not being sarcastic. It's being um, um like you're like, oh, you did such a great job.
1: Facetious.
0: No, uh, I can't I believe know. I can't.
1: It's that's OK. It'll probably come to you in the middle of the night.
0: I know. He'll
1: be like, This is what Groudug's tone of voice is. Beth,
0: I need you. Yeah,
1: right What's
0: now. that word when we were I like, always mess up when you're being sarcastic when you're being sarcastic <laughs> <laughs> of a, not facetious. It's not sarcastic. It's the other thing of like, Oh, you did such a great job. Oh, um Um not condescending being, but starts um, with a P, right? Um uh, patronizing patronizing i feel like i feel yeah. like Graugach is being, i could <laughs> thank not you <laughs> thank you Beth. thank you Beth. all thank, of
1: that and thank,
0: thank you so thank much. you oh uh <laughs> <laughs> that's she has to live with me um oh my god so funny but uh i think he's being maybe what you're pointing out is he's being a little patronizing towards his yeah. name
1: yeah maybe yeah like almost saying it like in a cursing way where it was like You know, he wants to, like, spit every time he has to talk about Hellboy. He fucking hates Hellboy. Yeah. And he's assigning a lot of this, like, anger and sadness that he had before that to Hellboy now, where he's like, I just want to take it out on him. But, yeah, I think that, I think it's something like that. I think that's, like, the dash is, like, him kind of, you know, saying his name in a way that's, like, not as respectful as just saying his full name. Yeah. In a weird way. Hellboy. Hell.
0: Boy, more boy than yeah. hell. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs>
1: something like that. Cool.
0: All right. It was yeah. something that just caught my eye, and I was like, I, I wanted to ask, so I'm glad I did. Cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then we got Beth into the mix, and that, and that was delightful. <laughs> okay, but that's it. I um, before we close out, I, my only two suggestions were were sort of sort of silly. Or one silly, and one just will make more sense. But in the way that they traveled, and us re. Re really looking at how they cl- like Hellboy closed his eyes and then they reappeared somewhere. It made me think of the funny way in the movie Galaxy Quest when they travel through space. Oh, yeah. It's not that, it's not like quick like that, but it is a funny gag in the whole movie. And it made me think yeah, of that, of like it
1: makes them like sick.
0: Yeah. And it's, it was it, very fun. And I just thought I like when people try. Galaxy
1: Quest is just a great movie. It is
0: really good. It's underrated, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was because we got so lost in wondering who that guy with the medicine was.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um, it made me think of, and this is also like, this reminded me of, well, as King Arthur and the Holy Grail and, and things like that is I'm a big fan of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And this oh, yeah. ties right in. And I and that has the chalice and they drink from the Holy Grail as well and stuff. Yeah. So if you haven't seen that in a while. Penitent
1: Man. The Penitent Man.
0: Yes. The Penitent Man
1: man God it's a great it's a
0: great adventure movie and I think you yeah, know, fathers so and sons and Hellboy and his terrible father will you know we <laughs> the little we've met of him he's not good um
1: I think that's a great conclusion
0: so those are things to check out again. Anything from you?
1: No, just the Merlin TV miniseries from 1998. Oh hell
0: yeah! All right,
1: Sam Neill and Helena Bonham Carter plays with Morgan Le Fay in that.
0: Oh, you were right!
1: Wow, yeah, it's good. Or it was good when I was ten years old.
0: <laughs> well, I'll give you this. I'm not going to watch it anytime soon, but if it's on a streamer, I'll I'll watch it eventually and get back yeah. to you. I'll pro- I'll give you that. That's fine. I'll take it. You out there listening, we want to thank you for listening as always, but we also want to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts um, about these last two issues or anything we've touched on in the wild hunt. We want to hear your thoughts on anything that we might have missed, might have not drawn more um, attention to that you'd like us to. We just want to hear your thoughts on everything we talk about. any episode of the podcast. So please email us and share your thoughts at awcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, we want to hear from you. And you can also follow us on Instagram, podcast, Twitter, awcraphellboy. And remember, though, if you sh- comment on anything on those, we will reply. We do our best to reply on any comments or questions there or direct messages. But if you want your thoughts on the show, definitely email us. And then if you could, please um, subscribe, rate, review anywhere that you get your podcast to the show. But if you do go out of your way, and we ask you to do this, go out of your way to go onto Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review that starts with the word BOOM, B-O-O-M. Uh, we will read your review right here on the show and give you big old praise. We call that a BOOM review. Yeah. Yeah, so please give us a boom, boom review of that in the hopes of bringing more to the show. So, Because, you know, this show is only going to get better if we have more of you guys listening and more of you emailing us and adding your thoughts to the show. Yeah. Um, So thank you Um. for doing And
1: feel that. free to email us. One listener was DMing me on Instagram saying, oh, like, uh, I want to email about this thing, but it's like, I want to catch up first. So I was like, you could just email us about old episodes. We'll be... We'll yeah. still talk about that shit. <laughs>
0: please don't.
1: So yeah, p- feel free to email us if you're like just starting and you're like, I'm on episode 15 and I want to talk about this thing. Like, we'll still listen to it.
0: We'll, we'll listen to it. We would still yeah. love. We would still love to go back to older episodes and yeah, talk probably. about that stuff. That stuff. This stuff is always because as we're learning as we read the Wild Hunt, you know, it's touching on things that have been seeds that have been planted in those early issues. So please. Yeah. please share your thoughts no matter what episode it is we'd love to hear from Kate is completely right we want to hear from you <laughs> no matter where you are in this um, show that we've that we're doing so yeah um, we <laughs> really truly you everybody out there listening that in, in any time you've shared you've enriched the show so much
1: yeah for
0: sure um, you make it better I'm really excited for next episode when we're gonna finish out the wild hunt on I'm, I'm loving hearing your, just again like constantly keep saying this every episode it's great to walk through this one of my favorites with you kate so
1: yeah it's
0: been a delight but that's it unless you got anything else to add
1: that's it that's Just it. Merlin. alright <laughs> we are all
0: right we're all gonna watch it's 1998 oh, merlin i've decided now by the end of this i'm gonna commit to watching it and giving you an update about it
1: i at least watch the trailer for it or something like get <laughs> okay. a sense of the flavor because i remember it being awesome
0: I remember the flavor being silly, but I'll give it a Lena try. Lena
1: Headey's in it, too, I'm just looking at. If you, well, did you watch Game of Thrones? I forgot. Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, Cersei from Game of Thrones is in it.
0: That's crazy that she's in it. Wow.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: What a history.
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: well, I'll get back to you about Merlin when I watch it. Okay, great. <laughs> um, all of you out there, once again, thank you for listening. And remember...
1: We love you.
0: I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think I'm wrong. One day I'll create something where a sword in the stone is just a a floating mystical rock. (laughs) But before then, you you are right.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Comics. Do you like comic books? Do you like brothers? Do you like brothers talking about comic books? Then this is the podcast for you. Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics.
0: Will Hines and Kevin Hines,
1: performers from the Upright Citizen Brigade Theater and actual brothers talk about actual comic books they love, like Spider-Man, The Fantastic Four, and many more. If you prefer your podcast to be about fictional people talking about fictional books, this isn't it. But otherwise... Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. <coughs>
0: Campfire.